Martini, the Pistol Packin' Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome back to Throw Out the Trash. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And I just want to thank all of my listeners for listening in on my podcast from across the world. You are all appreciated, and I am eternally grateful. Okay, so today's episode, I'm going to just start right off with that, is the heavy metal toxins. And from the time we are born, we're exposed to thousands of toxic substances every day. Most are in plain sight, and some are hidden, and some are worse than others. Among the worst toxins are heavy metals. And even if you follow a healthy diet, exercise, and ultimately follow a healthy lifestyle, you won't see a change you want in your health if there's always something compromising it. So first, what is a toxin? According to biologydictionary.net, a toxin is a chemical substance which damages an organism. A toxin may be as simple as an ion or an atom, meaning very small, or it can be larger molecules like the protein in snake venom. Most of the time you don't even know you're being exposed. Before I get into the details, I have a quiz for you. So see if you know the answer as we go along, and I will give the answer at the end of the segment. This is the quiz. Can something that is vital to the human body as water actually be toxic? Okay, so that's the the question, so keep that in mind. So let me list what products contain toxins, and then later I'm going to go into some of them in a little bit more detail. So house and car keys, furniture, cosmetics, beauty products, foods that we eat, public water, ever wonder why they add chlorine, medications and pharmaceutical drugs, toothpaste, exhaust fumes, seafood, canned food, industrial fumes, fillings in your teeth, improperly coated cookware, and food containers. Many of the items I've listed above contain heavy metals. Well, what are the main ones? Okay, so that would be lead, cadmium, mercury, and arsenic. Some more common metals maybe some less common metals, are thallium, aluminum, and the next ones are actually needed by the body in smaller amounts, and they are copper, zinc, chromium, iron, and manganese. So how do these toxins enter your body? Well, it's by the air we breathe, the food we eat, and the products we apply to our skin. Our own body can also contribute to toxin accumulation internally. And these toxins can be in the body undetected for a long time until symptoms occur. Now I mentioned cosmetics in my list of products of where you can find toxins. So I want to talk about that for a minute. What kind of cosmetics? Well, some of them are sunscreen, foundation, nail polish, whitening toothpaste, and lipstick. And these can be far worse than ingesting toxins in food because the skin is actually the largest organ in the body. Chemicals and toxins on the skin are absorbed directly into the bloodstream without any filtration of any kind. So what can you do about the personal products you use? And where do you begin to know what's in your lotion? Well, you can check your personal care cleaning supplies and food on an app called EWG's Healthy Living app, and I'll put that in the show notes. And they list over 120,000 different items, and there are probably other apps as well. Also, you can use brands that have heavy metal testing policies and third-party testing. You'll have to do your research to find those. 
Okay, so I also mentioned furniture. Mattresses, automobile seat covers, and couches may contain toxins because they have fire retardant and protective finishes. And then there's pharmaceutical drugs. That's a big one. Some medications contain heavy metals as binding agents. For example, antacids contain aluminum, as does soda cans. Some vaccines, like the multi-dose flu vaccine, still has mercury in every dose. And an interesting note, the FDA considers this safe because it's a low dose. But add that to the rest of the heavy metals we are exposed to and it adds up. Personally, I would be cautious about any vaccine you take. At least do your research before taking them. And I also mentioned house and car keys. Well, lead is often used to make keys, so it's not a good idea to let your babies play with them. So let's talk more about heavy metals. Where can you find heavy metal toxins? Okay, so where can you find lead? In contaminated water, from lead pipes that are in older homes, batteries, paint, which you won't find it in new paint, gasoline, it's actually been eliminated now, supposedly, construction materials. Many agencies have taken action over the years to eliminate lead, so that's a good thing. Mercury, you can find in liquid thermometers, and they are not used as much now, but I'm sure many houses still have them around. I still have one in my first aid kit. I remember my mom shaking the mercury down in the thermometer so she could take my temperature. You can also find mercury in light bulbs, dental silver fillings, batteries, seafood, and topical antiseptics. Okay, arsenic. You can find it in topical creams, herbicides, insecticides, fungicides, paints, enamels, glass, contaminated water, seafood, tuna is supposed to be the worst, and algae. Cadmium, which is linked to some cancers. You can find that in cigarette smoke, metal plating, and batteries. And I'll add thallium, which you can find in pesticides and fireworks. Those seem more obvious, but how about some hidden sources? Well, according to Dr. Joel Kahn, besides seafood that I've already mentioned, he says that e-cigarettes can contain cadmium and that rice can absorb arsenic from pesticides and irrigation water. I think there are a lot of hidden toxins that we are clueless about. Kidneys, lungs, liver, and skin are our body's built-in detoxing methods. If you are exposed to lower levels, which we are all the time, you could experience the following symptoms. Headache, joint pain, skin rashes, gastrointestinal symptoms, low energy, fatigue, hormonal imbalances, lack of concentration and brain fog, and poor sleep. And if you are exposed to high levels of metal toxins, then you need to seek medical attention. An interesting article I read from the Cleveland Clinic says that symptoms are not as prevalent, at least in the United States, because basically people are not exposed to heavy metals. And this doesn't even make any sense to me. However, I do think that in the last 15 to 20 years, there has been more awareness and preventative measures taken. One stat that I found was that children in the 1970s had higher levels of lead than children today. And I remember as a kid, loving the smell of gasoline. I had a neighbor friend who loved it so much, she would lay on top of the gasoline storage tank, which sat up in the air about eight feet, so she could just smell the fumes. And one day it caused her to pass out and she fell off. That would be an abrupt awakening. So before I give a few suggestions of what you can do, 
Here's the answer to the quiz question. Can something that is as vital to the human body as water actually be toxic? And here's the answer. According to Biology Dictionary, the answer is yes. There is a model that says all substances are toxic. It is only the dose which matters. And I agree with that statement. I'm always saying everything in moderation. But how could pure, clean water be toxic? Well, apparently, according to Biology Dictionary, if your body holds on to too much water, your individual cells will not be able to operate efficiently and your body will slowly drown. However, I personally think this isn't going to happen just by consuming too much water. I would think there is a problem probably with the eliminating system in the person's body. So what can you do? Just start the process of elimination, and you can't do it all at once, but start reading the labels, start finding out what is in the products you use, pay attention to the chemicals you are working with, wear protective gloves and eyewear, and I used to ignore this advice. Buy more natural beauty products, get off prescription drugs if possible, and look for more natural products to take, and you get the point. Just keep looking at everything that you're around and everything that you're eating and putting on your body. You can't eliminate all toxins, but you can help your body out by first using a detox supplement and second, taking antioxidants to protect your cells. Which brings me to the three company and a detox product we offer called Purify. Now Purify is an advanced blend of cleansing herbs and fulvic acid and it works at the cellular level to support the body's elimination organs and remove harmful toxins and pollutants. And so what it does, it detoxifies and cleanses five different organs, liver, lungs, colon, kidneys, and skin. It supports the body's elimination organs to remove toxins, increases nutrient absorption in the body, helps support a healthy weight, and eliminates heavy metal toxins. And it's, it's really gentle. So the first time that I started taking it, maybe the first couple of days, I didn't feel real well. But after that, I started feeling better and better. And it's not something where you have to, you know, be next to the restroom all the time. It's just very gentle. And you take one capsule a day. And it just gives your body fighting power to get rid of these toxins. The key ingredients in it are humic shell extract powder, coriander leaf and dandelion root, kelp and apple pectin, chlorophyllin capsule, liposomal milk thistle extract and burdock root, moline leaf and stinging nettle leaf. So they're all just natural products and it's very healthy for you. So if you want more information about the product Purify, check out this website, genieolson.iii.earth and do the research for yourself. You can also email me for more information at lifetop7 at gmail.com. Okay, on to mountain adventures. My husband Nick and I own a cattle ranch in the beautiful Rocky Mountains of East Idaho. And it keeps us busy, but we love the lifestyle and wouldn't change it for the world. There is always something that, that needs to be done. And this time of year, near the end of the month of May, we brand and vaccinate our cattle. And it's an important day because our cows get to go out to pasture and get some long-anticipated fresh green grass. Plus, they enjoy the freedom to roam where they please. Sometimes they go on field trips to our neighbors. Why they think the grass is better there is a mystery to me. You know the old saying that grass isn't greener on the other side? 
but they haven't figured that one out yet. It's also a great day because that means that Nick doesn't have to feed hay every day. He gets a much needed break and can concentrate on the rest of the ranch, like planting and harvesting hay or barley and fixing miles and miles of fence. Today I thought I'd share some of the more memorable times of branding. We've had a lot of great help over the years from our kids, daughter-in-laws, grandkids, brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws, nephews, nieces, and friends. I'm sure I'm going to leave somebody out, but it is always appreciated and never taken for granted, especially now that we are older. There has been a, a time or two where Nick and I did it all by ourselves, but we were utterly, no pun intended, exhausted at the end of the day. Well, it's an all-day event, starting in the morning and, depending how the day goes, the work ends at dark. This is a long day. We just finished a day of branding two days ago, and I'll try to explain a day of branding at the NBRO Ranch. Keep in mind that we are in the mountains, so nothing is flat. Not one pasture or field is completely flat, and some are very steep. Also keep in mind that we have a lot of pine trees, aspen trees, sarvisberry trees, sagebrush, and various other plants and bushes. So the week before the big day is busy getting everything ready before our help arrives. The corrals have to be cleaned from the long winter. So this means moving a lot of cattle panels and using the tractor and bucket or scraper to move all of the piled up manure out of the way. It means setting up the calf chute and alleyways and holding pens. We also have to make sure we have all the necessary supplies needed, like the medicine, vaccinations, syringes, and needles, and the branding iron that has our cattle brand on it. Oh, and don't forget the lacerators that Nick puts on the bull calves to make them become steers. I won't go into detail on that, but it makes a lot of people squirm, especially the men and boys. <laughs> okay. Well, it's important to have all of the supplies on hand when we start the day because the nearest supply store is 45 minutes away and is usually closed on the weekend. We try to brand on Saturday when our help can come. The corrals and loafing shed are about three quarters of a mile from our house, so supplies have to be hauled there. I usually take a large cooler with water and snacks and all of the branding supplies. Well, the road getting there is a steep dugway, and it's about a 15% grade for steepness. And our grandson Riker came to the house on the four-wheeler to get me and to help me take the supplies up there. So we tied the cooler on the front of the four-wheeler with twine because that's all we had. And in Riker's defense, I was the one who tied it. And as we headed up the dugway, I told him I needed more memories today for my podcast. So anyway, we headed up the dugway and we had to cross this little ravine to get onto a narrow four-wheeler road. And when we crossed the ravine, the cooler started to slide off and the four-wheeler tipped almost on its side, but not completely. Riker grabbed the cooler and was holding onto it with one hand, the brake with the other hand so that it wouldn't roll back, and was trying not to tip the four-wheeler over all at the same time. So I quickly jumped off and grabbed the cooler and he corrected the four-wheeler. I told him when I said I wanted more memories today for my podcast, I didn't mean that way. The first thing that happens when we are ready to begin is when we are ready to begin branding is rounding up all of the cattle and getting them to the corrals. We don't use horses like many ranchers do. We use four-wheelers and cow dogs and some of us are on foot. The reason being is that the four-wheelers are faster and easier for us. Our cows are also used to them and know what to do when they see us coming on them. 
Our cow dogs are Ben and Belle. Ben is a Border Collie and Belle is an Australian Shepherd Border Collie mix. They are a huge help and take their job seriously. They never miss a day of helping Nick, no matter how bad they feel or how bad the weather is. It's always interesting to me, though, that there's always a few cows that try to give us the slip. Like, where are you going? Many people think the cows are dumb, but they seem pretty smart when they can bolt past you and jump over the fence and leave you in the dust. Once the cows and their calves are in the corrals, the sorting begins. We sort the calves off of their mothers so we can brand them. This is the part that I'm not a fan of because the mom and the calf don't want to be separated. After this is done, the cows beller for their calves for hours. After we get them into the corrals, we run them through a large alleyway and give them one shot that has the vaccinations they need, and then we pour ivermectin across their backs for lice, ticks, and other parasites. It's absorbed through their skin, and this is my job, and it goes pretty fast. It's the next part where most of the memories come from, and that's the branding. We usually have two holding pens for the calves, one that holds all of the calves, and the other is smaller where we put about 10 calves in at a time. It's close to a narrow alleyway. Usually two of us work here and we call it punching the calves. This year it was our grandson Riker and myself. It just means we push the calves through the panels into a narrow alleyway that Nick built. It's pretty neat actually. The alleyway has three stalls and each one has a door that can be shut behind each calf. And this keeps them from turning around or pushing each other down. Usually one or two people work the alleyway. This year, though, we weren't able to use it, so each calf had to be physically pushed through two sets of panels to the calving table. And this was our granddaughter Soraya's job. Some of the calves were bigger than others, but she never backed down. Those calves were going into the calf table no matter what. It gets humorous sometimes. Soraya was pushing on a calf with all of her might. She was pushing so hard she was bent over, and her feet were spread clear out to give her leverage. And her dad Ryan comes back and says, Push, Soraya. Now, he could have been giving her encouragement like, you're doing great. But it did sound a little like he was saying, is that all you got? So I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty sure he got the look. It seemed like this year that every calf wanted to lay down when they got into the calving table, and it's difficult to get them to stand up. We had one calf that decided to lay down and then roll over on its back. It's fun to watch a bunch of adults trying to get a calf off of its back. But with a lot of poking and prodding, they finally got it to its feet. Did I mention that working with cattle teaches you to use bad words? After the cattle is in the calving table, it sticks its head through an opening, thinking it's going to get away. But the opening is slammed shut and the table is laid on its side. This way the calf can't move at all. The table has bars that can be latched or unlatched one at a time, so the shots can be given and the brand put on. This usually requires two or three people. This year, our son Ryan, grandson-in-law Cole, and Nick ran the calving table. It takes people who are strong so they can lay the table and calf down on its side. The brand is important because it identifies the cattle as belonging to us, and each rancher has a different one. The brand is given with hot iron that has our brand, N bar O, on it. It has to burn through the hair and into the hide, so it makes a lot of smoke and smells like burnt hair. No one likes the smell. Do you think that's considered secondhand smoke? And by the way, it doesn't hurt the cattle when we do it. They don't like it, but I don't think it hurts them. So going back to punching the calves. It can get kind of crazy. We have a saying that you're not a real cowboy until you have cow manure on you and you've been kicked. 
those little calves can kick hard and surprisingly have great aim. Last year, our grandson Riker, who was 12 at the time, was helping me punch the calves, and he was right in the line of fire. The calf kicked and nailed him on the upper thigh. Now, if that was me, I'd be flat on the ground and would require a stretcher and a bag of ice, maybe a latte, but not Riker. You could tell it hurt pretty bad, but he just took it like a man. It knocked his speech right out of his mouth, though, because he didn't say anything for a few minutes. He later told me that he had a huge bruise. One last story that I will share was several years ago. Our daughter Katie, son Jason, and daughter-in-law Megan were helping us brand. Once in a while, when the calves are in the alleyway, if they get nervous or buzzed up, one will manage to jump out and take off running. That year, a large calf got out. The calf bolted into the sarbisberry bushes and Jason took off running after it. We thought for sure that the calf was long gone. We figured Jason would come walking back with no calf. About five minutes went by when all of a sudden we see the calf on a dead run and Jason is running behind it on a dead run, holding on to its tail. It was the funniest sight. They ran around like that for a few minutes, dodging in and out of the bushes. We did finally get the calf back in the corral and Katie was laughing the hardest. Hey, what are sisters for, right? One year, a friend named Stan came to help us brand. He was sort of a grumpy character, but offered to help since it was just Nick and me, our son Jason and daughter Katie. We all had to work extra hard that year. We were giving the cow their shots, and we had this one ornery cow that would back up and go forward so we couldn't get to her. So Katie put a board in between the panels to stop her. To show us her disapproval, the cow crapped on the board. Jason was on the outside of the panel trying to get her to stand still, and Stan had crawled inside the panels and was standing behind the cow and the board, but he was standing sideways, looking away from her but letting her know he was there. And all of a sudden the cow, who had had enough, kicked the board and it sent manure flying everywhere. And some of the manure landed on the inside of Stan's glasses and it completely covered one lens. And he didn't say a word. He just stood there, this grumpy, no-nonsense guy. And, of course, Jason and Katie busted out laughing. Stan never cracked a smile. He just pulled his handkerchief out of his pocket and attempted to wipe the manure off. And then he put the glasses back on. I often wondered how well he could see out of them after that. Well, anyway, I hope these stories made you smile today. Never a dull moment at the Enbaro Ranch. Hey, make sure to check out my website, throwoutthetrash.podbean.com, and you can email me at lifetop7 at gmail.com. And hit the follow button so you don't miss an episode, and leave me a comment below. I'd love to hear from you. And remember this, when you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. Go get your dreams. See you next time.